Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I teach frustrated professional mums who juggle everything to transform their lives, to lose weight and lead a healthy life so they can feel fit and fabulous. On the Fit and Fabulous podcast, we chat about nutrition, healthy living, emotional wellness in a way that you can apply to your life. I'll show you how to stop being frustrated and overwhelmed with healthy living and how to make it easy and fun. You're invited to sign up to my family-friendly meal plan. Three easy meals to help you lose weight that the kids will like too. And my systems video, the simple system that keeps the kids happy and helps you shed the pounds. You can sign up at drorlina.com. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Now on with today's show. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous today. Today we're talking about nurturing healthy habits in our children. But before we dive into that topic, I want to just make a little announcement about the podcast and the topics that we're covering in the podcast. At the moment, the title of the podcast, which will stay the same, is Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. And for the last year and a half, I've really been focused on adult health and how we change our habits and what we should eat, and particularly looking at weight loss as well. Now, prior to that, I was a pediatric doctor and I did lots of work on picky eating and healthy eating for children. So if you haven't found me before I started the podcast, or perhaps better phrase that if you knew me from beyond, you probably know about my snotty noses site, and you probably know about the books that I've written, Feeding Toddlers, and Picky Eating for Children. And so I did a lot of work with that, not least because um, I have my own children, I have four of them, and two of them were very picky eaters. And I realized that it was very difficult to help children eat healthily and nurture healthy habits when 
they don't want to eat vegetables. So I have been thinking about my podcast and where I want to take my business. And really, the thing that I want to help people do is have fit and fabulous families. And by that, I mean helping children nurture healthy habits and obviously looking at the parents' health and happiness within that family, but doing it all together as a group. Now, obviously, we don't spend all of our day every single day together. There are some aspects which apply particularly to mothers and to fathers, but I want to look at the unit as a whole. And essentially, that means for this podcast that I'll be talking more about children and our relationship with children and how we can help children nurture healthy habits for them and have good connections with them, turn up to be happy with them, all of those kind of amazing things that we want for our families. So exciting stuff. I will probably be asking experts in because my expertise is in the field of health, nutrition, changing habits. And although I obviously have done my own parenting, parenting skills per se is not my my forte. I have just been learning on the job, as they say. Okay, and I think one of the reasons that I have made this slight change is because I'm going to be opening a new exciting program, which will be launching in August, and I'm super excited about it. I'll tell you a little bit more about it at the end of today's um, podcast. It's going to be called Fit and Fabulous for Families. So, super exciting. Okay, let's have a think about nurturing healthy habits in children. Now, it is my son Galen's 12th birthday next week, and he has written me a long list of things, such good writing practice to get your children to write a list of things that they want, that he wants to happen on his birthday. And he has even tried to make me sign it, which I have to confess, I was a bit like, I'm not signing this right now. I haven't had time to look at it. And on it, he's included exactly what he wants for lunch and dinner, which I asked him to do because, you know, I need to go shopping and get the things that he wants. So for breakfast, he has asked for cereal. Now, I have to confess, cereal, boxed cereal is one of my pet hates. So my children never get cereal. So he has asked, well, except perhaps on their birthday, he has asked for cereal, cornflakes, honey puffs and choco rice and smoothies more than one. We make delicious smoothies at the moment. It's hot and summery. And what I do is just slice up whatever fruit we want and throw it in the freezer. And then the next day, or a few days later, whiz it up, add a little bit of milk, a little bit of water, and it makes a beautiful smoothie, which is a good alternative for my 12-year-old son, who has decided that he doesn't really like eating oats at breakfast, which is what the rest of us do. Um, He has included an hour of screen time. And for lunch, this is the bit that I want to share with you. He has written a list of things that he wants. Bread, in brackets, lots, cheese, cheddar and sheeps, fried eggs, ham, hummus, in brackets, lot, lots, carrot sticks, spelt incorrectly. English is his first language, but it's not the language they speak at school, in brackets, lots, crisps, lots, tomatoes, in brackets, sliced. And the reason I wanted to share this with you is because this is his wish for his birthday party, lunch. And I'm super excited because it includes hummus, which is very healthy, um, made from chickpeas or garbanzo beans, which contains some protein, some, you know, fibrous legume fibre. And it also includes carrot sticks and tomatoes. Now, he hasn't included those because he thinks, hmm, I'm not going to get this past mummy unless it's got some vegetables in. He has included them because he actually 
wants those things. He's basically saying to me, mum, you don't do enough carrot sticks normally at lunchtime, which is true. My kids eat loads of carrot sticks. And it's one of those things that I always try and do more, but somehow never seem to do enough. So the message I'm giving you is that healthy eating doesn't have to be thought of as healthy eating. It can be fun food. Now, obviously, on this list, there is far more protein than we would normally have, but that's fine. That's his birthday. And I'm happy for him to have more protein than he would normally have because we don't have it very often. And I think one of those things is learning limits and knowing that on special occasions, we eat in a slightly different way than we would do normally. So that was my little win for today, just to show you that healthy eating can be easy and it can also be fun. Now, today, what I really wanted to talk about was nurturing healthy habits and exercise. So I have been swimming. I've actually been swimming for the last five years, but in the last few months, I've been swimming in the sea. And I'm mostly going, say, four or four, four or five times a week now because it is so beautiful. Now, because my older two children, who are 10 and about to turn 12, haven't been doing heaps of exercise, I decided that I was going to do the Couch to 5K running app with them. And this is, you just go three times a week for half an hour, and you start off jogging for one and a half minutes, and you swap between jogging, walking, jogging, walking, and gradually you increase the amount that you run. So this week we have been doing 16 whole minutes of running. So three minutes, five minutes, five minutes and three minutes. And I was chatting to my husband last night and saying, oh my goodness, running is so much more difficult than cycling or swimming. So when I go, say I go swimming, I cycle to the beach and I swim for about an hour and I cycle back. And for me, running is oh so much more like hard work. It's only a short period of time, but I come back and my legs feel a little bit wobbly. And when I look on my, I have a Garmin watch, you know, one of those sort of Fitbit watches, and it tracks my heart rate. And when I look on the app and I look at the different activities I've done, when I do running, my heart rate goes up to consistently 150. So it's just this line of 150. Now, when I look at the same graph when I'm swimming or cycling, my heart rate hardly ever gets that high. And, you know, it goes up and it goes down. I guess, you know, when you're on the flat, when you're cycling, your heart rate isn't really that high. It's only when you're going up a steep hill. And equally, when I'm swimming, quite often I'm feeling relaxed and my heart rate will go up a little bit, but not that much. So for me, I think, okay, running is interesting because it's a very efficient way to get some exercise in. It only takes me half an hour. Whereas when I go swimming, at the moment we're in the summer holidays, it's fine. But a round trip takes me two hours by the time I've left home and cycled and swum and cycled back. In fact, it's more like two and a half hours. So running is definitely more efficient exercise for me. But oh my goodness, is it so much hard work? And when I said this to my husband, he replied saying, yes, but you have been swimming for the last five years, perhaps not training so hard, training hard in the last two or three years, but swimming regularly for the last five years. And you've been running for four whole weeks. And I think this is something that is really, really true. And when I think about it and think back to my childhood, actually, I've always had this identity as a swimmer. My dad, he used to swim, or he still does swim. But when he was a young boy, 
he was a lifeguard and he would do swimming training and and he used to talk to us about this when we were children and on Sundays we would all go to the swimming pool he would take me and my sister and it was this routine that we had every single Sunday we would go to the swimming pool we would swim a little bit have fun a little bit I remember we were always allowed to buy a packet of crisps from the vending machine and then we would go home and my mother had cooked Sunday lunch um, which is I guess a kind of normal thing to do Um, she didn't really like swimming and didn't want to go swimming, I have to add. It wasn't that she did all of the cooking. She did the vast majority of the cooking. But I think the the truth was that she actually quite liked having Sunday mornings to relax and to not have children around, have a bit of quiet time. But over the course of my childhood, when I was at school, we would have swimming lessons. And I remember thinking of myself as a reasonably good swimmer. I was definitely not the best swimmer in the class. There were other children who would go to swimming training and they were much, much better. But I was definitely in the top, say, 20%. And I remember doing the the length. So we would start with a width and then we did a length and then two lengths, four lengths. And I think um, 32 lengths was half a mile and 64 lengths was around a mile. And we did those when I was probably about eight. And I remember at the end of doing a mile, just feeling absolutely exhausted. But throughout my life, swimming has been one of those things that has kind of come and gone. So I remember when I was a student, I would go swimming on Saturday. I would take myself off, cycle to the swimming pool, and then do, I don't know how many lengths, and and cycle back. So it's been something that's been in my life and partly in my identity. Now, I'm not saying I'm a super good swimmer, but it's just that swimming has been one of the things that has been easy for me, that I've thought, oh, it's partly the way I'm built. But I don't think it is the way I'm built. I think it's the way I think. And in contrast, we never did any running at all as a family. And so now I think of myself as not a runner. But the reality is, is I can run, my body has the capability of running, I just actually don't have the the muscle to do it, or, you know, I'm just not used to doing it. And we also did very little cycling as well as a family, we would occasionally, we all had bikes, and we would cycle around, but it wasn't something that we did routinely. I guess the thing about cycling is it is actually relatively a relatively easy sport, particularly if you're on the flat. So I think this is a really interesting way of looking at things, that the way my parents, they did it inadvertently, they didn't mean to, but they built this habit of being a swimmer into my life without really realising it. And now at the age of 45, I think, oh my goodness, it's so difficult for me to run, but it's so easy for me to swim. And that, I think, is a combination of the way I think about it, but also the habits, the doing it. And the two are connected because clearly I've done that swimming because I thought, oh, I'm a swimmer and that's the way I exercise, as opposed to, oh yes, I go out for a run and exercise. And I thought this was really interesting as well, as today, um, once a week, I take my son out swimming. So I mentioned this last week, or the week before, and we cycle to the beach and we go for a swim. And last week we went, poor thing, he got very, very cold because he didn't wear his wetsuit. But he did 600 metres, which I think was amazing. And today we managed to go from one beach to the next beach. And we saw a stingray. It was absolutely amazing. So beautiful. The Mediterranean has far more to offer than just sitting on the beach. I absolutely love it here. 
Um, he, so he swam about a kilometre. And for me, it was a very, very slow kilometre because obviously he's only 10. But then I think back to when I was eight and swimming a mile for the first time and thinking, okay, a kilometre is not quite as far as a mile. But by the end of it, I could see that he was tired and slowing down. But thinking, okay, so in a year's time or two years time, if he carries on swimming, he doesn't have to go every single day, but he's going to build up this habit of swimming is just something that's easy for me. And I do it and I can quite happily swim a kilometre or two kilometres. And really and truly, once you hit that level of I can do two kilometres, you can pretty much keep going. You might need to rest a little bit, but you just build up those muscles and it becomes easy. So... How do we apply this to our children today? I saw in a Facebook group not so long ago, somebody was saying that their seven-year-old ate far too much junk food and that their seven-year-old didn't want to exercise. What on earth could they do? Well, it all just comes down to habits. We are all just human bodies. We're just normal. We seek glucose, us and our children. It is normal for us to want to eat those those foods that are high in sugar and high in fat and taste delicious. And it is normal for us to want to sit and conserve energy and not to go out and exercise. But the way you help your children do this is you just normalise it. And that's where we get to doing it as an entire family. So one of my big wishes is that we can do the Camino de Santiago. I don't know if you've heard of the Camino de Santiago, but it's... um. It's a pilgrimage that runs across the north of Spain. So it goes from one side of Spain. Actually, you can start it very close to here, but I wouldn't do that. I would drive to the middle of Spain. And lots of people walk it and they get to Santiago at the other end. You can do it on bicycles as well. And I was hoping that we could do it this summer. But obviously, with the state of the world as it is at the moment, I'm going to postpone that. But... I also need my family to be keen on cycling. So it's not going to be much of a holiday if nobody likes cycling. So the more I cycle, the more my son joins in. And then my daughter will want to join in. And eventually we'll get to the stage where cycling is just normal activity for us and other people will join in. So it's about making it fun, finding activities that you can do that are fun for you and your children and just making it normal. So when I think about that person who was saying, oh, my seven-year-old doesn't want to exercise, I would answer, well, you know what? It's about activities now. It's not about thinking about exercise. When I go swimming with my son, we don't do it for exercise. We do it because it's fun. It's a really beautiful way to start the day. And he joins in because he sees me doing it, because he wants to be like me and he can see that it's fun so I said to him do you want to go in the car we don't have to cycle and he's like no no mummy I want to cycle just like you do and it's only 20 minutes so he can cycle but it's about making it fun and just doing it just getting on with it and just finding ways of making it normal this is just what we do now the next step of course is to be creating these habits without you having to consciously think about, oh, I'm helping my children to create these habits. If you get into a habit, a habit is the place where we don't have to think about it. So once you get into that habit for the whole family, it just becomes easy. For example, what do we do at the weekend? Well, summer holidays are a little bit different because every single day is kind of similar. But normally during the school term, when it's the weekend, in the afternoon, we'll go and do something active. So we might go for a walk in the woods 
or we might go roller skating along the promenade by the sea, or we might go for a bike ride. But our default is to go and do something active that everybody can join in. And I think that's where it becomes easy and you just do these things without thinking about it because you enjoy it. And that's really what I want to help people do. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in the program that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. So the program will be looking at all four pillars of health. So um, nutrition, exercise, sleep and mindfulness. So mindfulness is emotions and and mindfulness and how you can apply all of these things to you because you need these tools and also how you can apply them to yourself in order to help your family grow into a healthy eating and healthy living family, a family who loves just leading an active and healthy life so that your children and you grow up to be fit and fabulous. So I hope that was helpful. I hope it was interesting. If you have any questions or you'd like to know more about the programme, people who are interested in the programme, it will be a 12-week programme and it will be a really fabulous opportunity because it's called a pilot programme, which essentially means it's the first time I'm running it. So I will be working much more closely with people at a much reduced price. So when I run it the next time round, it will be more, there will be less one-on-one coaching and the price will go up. So it's a fabulous opportunity to really get in and to make the most of this. So a fantastic opportunity. If you're interested, then feel free to email me. If you're not on my email list, you can sign up to my email list and then you can just reply to one of those emails. And I think the best thing really is to have a quick chat just to clarify what you expect from a program like that and see if you're a good fit. So we both have to be a good fit and think about, you know, you have to be willing to make the changes. It's not just read the book and then things change. It's about actually making those changes for your family in a way that your family loves and can sustain from now onwards. Okay, my friends, have a fabulous week and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you could share it with a friend. Every time you share a podcast episode with a friend, it helps me to reach and help more people. Remember, you're welcome to sign up for my family-friendly meal plan at drorlina, that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com, slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Goodbye and have a fabulous week.